0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Midnight Movie Professionals. I know this is a little bit of a strange thing to have a podcast recording this early in the day. Usually they're done right at night, but this is the only way I could get a movie screening today. Because this movie I'm about to see... Well, it's been a long time since I've seen the series that it's based on. But I'm doing... The intro to it now, so when I do review it later on, it will actually still have the spoiler warning. But this is just part one to say that this is happening. Part two will be my review, and my thoughts on it, but I want to at least mention what the movie is The Many Saints of Newark, a Sopranos story. Now, many of you may not know that I'm a fan of The Sopranos, but I am. I've been a big fan of the Sopranos for a long time. I haven't watched the series in about mm, nine years. It's been a long time since I've last seen it all in its entirety. I do remember a good chunk of season five the most. I don't know why I do, but that's the one I remember liking the most. Probably because of Steve Buscemi, and that's the one I kind of tuned into first when I was younger. But, yeah, that will be what I'm doing. I'm sorry for the ambient noises in the background of vehicles and whatnot, that is not my uh, what we doing like normal, but I felt like I needed to record it now, do part one. Part two will be done as soon as I get out of the movie and I'm able to record it immediately. That'll be what I will do. I will record everything that I remember from beginning to end and then we'll go from there. And I'm only going to say this now, if you guys want to hear everything, just remember, there's going to be a spoiler warning. There will always be a spoiler warning when it comes to new movies. So, like I said, the following review of many States, The Many States of Newark, A Soprano Story is going to contain spoilers, you have been warned. So... Like, for this episode of Midnight Movie Confessionals, this episode will contain spoilers. So please, please do yourself a big favor. And remember, you've been warned. You should be considering yourself warned right now because I don't know what else to tell you. That's when it's happening. And that's the the situation, all right? So, until after the movie, folks. This is God signing out. And transmission for part one. Warning. This review of many saints of Newark, the Soprano story, will contain spoilers. If you've already listened to part one of this, you already know the deal, everyone that is listening. Please, and I do mean please, only listen to this review when you've seen the movie if you can. Please, please don't get mad at me for any spoilers that you're about to hear. Because, you know what, all you could do is just pretend they don't exist. The review will start in 3, 2, 1. Hey everyone, welcome back to Midnight Movie Professionals, I'm your host Scott. And, like I said, this is part 2 of the Many Saints Review. I thought I'd give a bit of a quick quick background on it earlier with part 1. I just thought I'd at least do a little bit of a quick prologue for it because I thought, you know what, not many people are going to listen to it right away. I just thought, let's make a a two-parter piece for it. I got myself some scotch that Tony would have probably loved as he got older. And I also have some pepperoni sticks because I don't smoke and I don't ever plan to. And I thought this might be a better idea than getting some fine Cubans and trying to smoke them. Because I'm going to just be hacking up a fucking lung, man. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in, man. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me right back in. And I'm telling you this because I honestly thought I was out. Now they are pulling me back in with this. And I gotta say, I'm happy that they did David Chase. My God, man, it took way too long for this movie to come out. And I know you did this for a reason. You wanted to go back in time before the Tony became who he was in the series. <coughs> oh! <laughs> oh okay that that's lesson learned not don't do your Jersey accent while you're your fake jersey accent while you're trying to do a podcast it doesn't work okay but anyways we have a little bit of narration from uh in the beginning of this around a graveyard from Christopher Baltasani I believe it is Christopher Boltisani I cannot recall I have to look again Yes, Christopher Moltisanti, played by Michael Imperioli from the series, from the original series, but this one is not really about Tony, this is more or less about, like, his time growing up in the worst, worst time of New York's history, becoming a man, just as rival gangsters begin to rise up, and all-powerful DeMeo crime family, like, starts to get challenged, through the through the race-torn city, he's caught up in the challenging ties between his uncle that he idolizes, Dickie, who struggles both his professional and personal responsibilities. Now, his influence over his nephew will help make the impressionable teenager into the all-powerful mob boss we will later know as Tony a Soprano. But basically, this stars Alessandro Nivola as Dickie Moltisanti, Christopher's father. Vera Farmiga is Livia Soprano, Tony's mother. John Bernthal, who I remember from Ford vs. Ferrari as Johnny Soprano. Corey Stroll as Junior Soprano, Johnny's brother. Ray Liotta, actually, I gotta applaud for because he plays two characters. He plays Dicky Multisanti's father and his uncle, Hollywood Dick Multisanti and Salvatore Sali Multisani. And we also get Michael Gandolfini, whom, oh my good lord, his father would be proud of him as playing his the teenage version of Tony. And we also have uh John Magaro as Silvio Dante, who we remember from the series who was played originally by Steven Van Zant. And we also have uh Paulie Walnuts being played by Billy Magnuson. I believe this guy was Oh yeah, Paulie, good old Paulie. Uh, he was played originally by Tony Sirico in the series. He's played by Billy Magnuson in this one. And we also get like I said, we also get Pussy, Bon Pensiero, played by Samson, Moakiolia, and we also get Joey Coco Diaz as Buddha, Pussy's father. We also get, um, who else is in this? Um, we get a few people that we w- would recognize in real life, like Frank Lucas. We also get the teenage Artie Buco, who's a childhood friend of uh, Tony. He's played. By Robert Vincent Montano. We also get. Like I said. We also get. Carme. Uh, oh. We get Janice. Who's played. Originally by. Ida taturo In the series. But. Um, she's played. By Alexander Intrato. In this one. As well as. Mattea Conforti. As a young girl. And. For Tony Soprano. As a young boy. We're, we're seeing. Uh, Mike. William Ludwig. Not Ma- Michael Gandolfini. He's the one that plays. The teenage version of him. But, um, this movie was in development hell for, I, I wouldn't even say for a long time because it's taken a long time for this to even come out to begin with. And I know it's being produced by Newland and everyone else, but it's just like, everything that happens in this film is just, oh my goodness. It, it kind of starts out along the lines of like, basically Christopher is kind of narrating a whole lot of the story. He's very absent for most of it anyways, but he is the the main person that this is kind of focused on a little bit, not even him, but it's more or less focused on his dad, but he's focused on the fact that, like, he's telling everything, almost like, yeah, this is the guy that I would grow to be comfortable around, and he would later cap me, in a sense, that's how he kind of plays it, and, if I'm honest, that's a good way to be, this show sets itself, like, this movie sets itself up, Back in around nineteen sixty nine, originally, back when let's say t- young Tony's maybe I don't know ten years old. I don't even no. I wouldn't say that. I would say he's like maybe he's just a kid. He's like maybe eight years old in this one, like at the beginning. But he's got a bit of a stomach issues. He's 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 very he's got gas. He's always had it. He's always had and trouble of sorts, but. This one's mostly about... Christopher's dad. And the whole rise... Uh, well, Almost the whole demise, in a sense... Of the DeMeo crime family, in a sense... Because a lot of the people in this movie... We don't get to see... Later on, if you get what I mean. Because a lot of them just get capped or whatever. Something happens to them. They're dead. They're gone. But, um... Emotivist... less, kind of describes it like... Don't try and become a gangster of, of, of sorts for, uh... Christopher I mean But um Hold on Um I remember my notes here hold on Hold on please everyone Oh, oh holy holy smokes Oh Sorry about that Oh, oh, I don't know what happened there, but I don't want to know exactly what exactly was going on there. But uh, either way, basically, the whole story is about Christopher's dad and his um from Paul, more or less like Dickie Moltisanti. Real like is just like seeing his father come back from Italy, where he meets Someone named giuseppe ju Ju who's played by Mike, michaela de rossi and um they're they're whatever right like they kinda are like i guess married or what have you he's just he's happy to see them and um he notices how Bally his father kind of treats his new wife and I don't know where there's a fire that happens around uh, Newark during the riots, I guess, during that time when people are very, I don't know what to say, I guess they're very downtrodden and down and out of sorts, but holy crap, does this is ever get intense really fast because of the fact that one, most people in this aren't lasting very long, but anyways, you doesn't know very much English. She goes to. <coughs> <coughs> Shit. I'm sorry, folks. That was uncouth. Something went down my throat in the wrong way. Don't pause me on that. Anyways. Oh. Anyways. Um. Oh, yeah. Anyways. What happens is that, um. Christopher's dad notices this and wants to um, say to him, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing this to me? Like, why are you doing this to your 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 dad? Why are you doing this to your like to your son, man? I know you hit my mother; you almost paralyzed her. Now you're doing it to my like my mother-in-law. Are you kidding me?" And he decides to uh, use the riots because of someone because of a poor fucker. Poor black guy getting um arrested and beaten up. Like he uses this as an excuse to um pop his dad at his old uh, shop that he never really went to, he just owned it for the sake of owning it. And use that as an excuse for the fire like while the fire like the riots and the fires are going on. Anyways after all that's been going on I guess Tony witnesses was also getting himself into trouble at school. Dickie goes over to see what's going on after he's suspended from school. and says, come on, kid. You shouldn't be doing that. I know you've been smoking. You shouldn't be doing that either. I'll give you some money if you be a good kid. You don't get involved in what I've done. You don't get yourself suspended. You go find yourself becoming a fucking ball player, man. Get yourself fucking sorted out. We'll get you into football and whatnot. Like, we'll do it together, you know? He tries to encourage him a little bit to get like to wise up and stop being an idiot. It's not like he's an idiot, but he's just he's not being smart about it. He's he's able to he's able to earn, right, but he's also getting himself into trouble at of all places Catholic school. Of all places, man. Of all the fucking places, man. Anyways, while that's going on some of the Negro community that work with the uh, Dickie and everyone else are deciding to I guess find themselves more or less in a predicament where they want to start capping one another because each one wants to have control of something else. They all want a piece of the pie, but they don't really want to share it equally, if that makes sense. But anyways, they decide to do this, they decide to do that, a lot of shit goes on, a lot of drama, even, um, after the fact, some of the guys get capped, may they rest in peace, of me. I'm sorry folks. Sorry everyone. Oh why am I drinking this? Eh. Oh Why did I buy this? Ooh. That's hard. That's harsh. But um yeah, sorry. Again. Just... This scotch is going down in such a brutal way, and it's hurting a lot, but anyways, I only got the scotch for today, and I don't want to drink it, but I am, after that's going on, young Tony sees his dad and everyone get arrested, and they find out that they went to jail for one reason or another, um, after this is going on, Dicky Multisanti decides to say, "Hey, I'm gonna go see my uncle because my dad's dead. I might as well." And he decides to say, "Do me a favor. Go buy a rec. Uh, go buy a CD. Uh, go buy a record for me. It's all I kind of listen to. Will you do this for me? If you're trying to do a good deed." Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, he's trying to do that. He's trying to like. He's trying to use him as a conciliatory, an advisor from the inside. Because he has no one else. And he's trying to keep Tony out of trouble because he's doing what he can. Uncle Junior's around and he's trying to do what he can as well to help everyone. After, um, what's it called? One day, one of the guys decides to leave completely. Go down to Carolina. And then he finds himself doing some business with Frank Lucas. And he comes back. D- tries to make a bank of some sort. Or some sort of numbers racket with uh, Frank Lucas and use that as a way to transfer his money and try and grow it into a better way. But anyways, that's not doing too well. I know I see a lot of funerals in this. I remember there's this one time in the movie where Dickie even chastises everyone for watching a TV And watching the news about the riots, how they should have ended, but he's getting all mad because everyone's got no respect. Is that a funeral, man? Like, who fucking watches TV at a fucking funeral? Who even checks their like in nowadays in now like modern times? Who in the hell checks their phone or lets their phone be on at a funeral? Like, you have no respect for who you're trying to pay your respects to. I'm sorry, but that is not okay in my books. Like, I've never done that to anyone in my life. I've never really been to any funerals anyways, I don't wanna to try to. But I know I've paid my respects at a friend like at a friend's final resting place a couple of times, but I've never really intentionally like the first time I did, I didn't play any music, I just by the time I got to the cemetery I just turned off everything, turned off my music, turned off my radio, turned off everything, to go pay my respects and say hello and say goodbye one last time. I did the same a couple of years ago to say goodbye to another friend of mine. But, again, I played music after the fact. It wasn't before. Anyways. <sighs> um, What was I saying? Oh, uh, yeah. Tony's witnessing a lot of things going on. He's getting older now. He wants to go to college. He wants to play pro football. His dad just gets out. We get introduced to young... Uh, little young Chris, and he's just a baby boy. He's born into this world. He's pretty cute looking. I know Tony feels like he's not doing well enough. Dickie kind of puts him under his wing a little bit, let him do a few things here and there. And even says, you know what, how about this? As a gift, because you're doing so well in school and whatnot, I'll give you some new speakers, never been used, they're hot, of course, like, we all know this, but he he decides to use it, this is, like, right, I, this is right before he gets, um, himself into trouble at school, because he decides to cheat, his mother thinks he's not, he's not that good at all, he's got a D average, D minus average, They're all this stuff, but the principal thinks otherwise, he's a natural leader, he could do some things, like, there's some moments where... He's really smart. He may not show it, but he's just not really motivated, I guess you could say. But he's he's doing well with it. And he he needs to put himself into something, right? <clears throat> Meanwhile, uh, what was the guy's name? I can't remember his name right now. The fucker, um, Harold, that's the guy's name. Harold McBrayer is the one that left town. I couldn't remember his name, but I, I remember he was a black guy. He goes back and uh, screws... Dickies, mistress. While like like overall, I just and while this happens, she says, "Okay, let's like let's have a beauty parlor and whatnot." Because he's moved her into a place, they're living together and all this. I've kind of I've kind of bypassed all that because I feel like it's too much to just. It's kind of I don't feel like that's appropriate to talk about because it's not. It's a part of the movie and it's a good major plot point in the movie. But I don't know how to describe it in a podcast. I don't I don't know how to do that myself, personally. So I'm, I'm deciding to just kind of um, forget about it. Forget about it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't know how to talk about it. But um, anyways, he decides to drown her because Harold decided to fuck her. And um, she said yes to it. Like, she didn't say no. She didn't do anything. And he decides to just do this because he's pissed off like he he kills he just drowns her and blames on pneumonia he's He's killed his father and he's killed his father's wife, who became his mistress like get the fuck out of here, man like I don't believe you are not capable of doing this shit, but Sally does give him some advice a little bit like in between the films, tries to help him buy some things. There's one instance where um I guess Tony's been doing better. He's getting into college. He's got some college motivations. He's got some ball. He's um, playing football. He's doing well. He's on the varsity team, I guess, in high school. He's planning on going to college. He, like, um, he tries to talk to Uncle Dickie, but after Uncle Sal, after Sally uh, tells him, stay out of your, uh, uh, uncle, your nephew's life. Stay out of it, man. Leave him be. <clears throat> he decides to just leave him be. There's one instance of uh, a shootout happening where... Who was it? Um, B- Buddha and a bunch of the other guys get themselves into some serious trouble and get killed. And I'm going to say Buddha, even though he isn't really in this movie a whole lot, he's done amazingly well by the one and only Joey Coco Diaz. Joey Diaz, I kn- I've known for a long time. He's known as Joey Coco Diaz, and he's been in a lot of good movies. Not even a lot of good movies, but I've known him in The Longest Yard. He's been in Spider-Man 2. He was in Taxi, from what I remember. He's um, been on a couple times on the Joe Rogan Experience. And he's also been in a few other things as well. Like, I know he's from Jersey. He is a Jersey comedian of sorts. Like, hes he may be Cuban-American, but he's very well-known in, like... New Jersey, that's when he's been around, like, like, he's been around a lot of things, and, um, I know, he got into trouble a lot, but that's a different story, like, he's been known to, um, do a few things, but at, at the end of the day, he's been around for quite a while, like, I don't know how to describe Co- uh, Joey Diaz, but that's a different story for a different time. I'm not going to talk about Joe Rogan or any shit like that. But basically, Joey Diaz, I applaud him for being Buddha, uh, being Pussy's dad in this, because he's, he's, the, he's he does well, if, if I'm honest. All the characters like Silvio, Uncle Junior, and whatnot, they're all alright. I mean, Uncle Junior is not really around a whole lot, but he's around. But, um... We do see why he's kind of like so grumpy and not very well uh very well in health because he did have a nasty fall where he basically had to wear a a corset it looked like for the rest of his life i don't think they really desc- showed that in the tv series i don't recall it's been a while since i've seen the tv series but i know he has a nasty fall when uh like after something happens he slips and falls Dickie has a laugh about it and I guess this is why Dickie gets shot and killed, but that's uh, a major spoiler, like I said, sorry, I'm sorry, but this is part of the part of the rules, ladies and gentlemen, you should know this by now with my reviews, there's always going to be spoilers, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry, but I can't not be spoiler heavy on a movie review, unless this movie has been out for a good 20, 10 plus years. If it's been out for a good while, then it's a different story. I can review it and people have seen it by now, I would think. But anyways, it doesn't matter. What does matter is what happens overall after this shootout and after everything has happened. Some of the fucks have gotten themselves capped. I guess after Buddha and all that happens, he tries to settle down. Fucking, uh, what's his name, uh, what was his, what was the guy's name? Um, fuck, I gotta remember his name now. Um, the guy that plays, uh, Harold somehow gets himself in touch with, uh, Frank Lucas, the American gangster himself, and he decides to, uh, kind of got himself into some shit. Anyways, it doesn't matter, but this is where the film kind of reaches a breaking point, of sorts Because of the fact that, um they've done what they've done, they've done this, they've done that, but overall, I guess what really happens is that they've had enough of his, they've had enough of the bullshit from uh, Dickie, and Dickie gets capped, and I guess this is like after, like this is kind of a little bit after um, Tony's kind of been cast out by him, like he doesn't want to being like he doesn't want to be in Tony's life, and Tony just kind of feels a little hurt and betrayed by this. He throws out the speakers that he was given by his uncle. He's like, he doesn't want him anymore. He doesn't want any part of this shit. He doesn't want any part of it. Like he's he's hurt. He's up. He's upset. And this is around Christmas time as well. And I guess around that same time, we get um we see him get capped. Uncle Junior answers the phone, says it's been like do- hears it's been done. So he basically helped kill His his cousin I guess If that's what I recall correctly I can't recall But I think that is The correct terminology I mean Junior is Tony's And Tony's uncle Uncle Junior And technically I guess that's his um, a Brother-in-law I don't know All I know is that's Just how it's all connected Silvio and Pauly They're fine they're all fine, except for Junior, like I mentioned. Johnny finds out the news about it, and he, I guess he has to tell Tony about it all, because even his mother's been, like... I guess there was... I even have to go back a little bit, but there was a part where, when he was getting the speakers, he was trying to get... like Tony was trying to get some help for his mother, because his mother wouldn't listen to him about these pills and whatnot, and would think, no, I don't want to be a lunatic or some shit like that. And, um... She doesn't, she doesn't want that She doesn't want to feel fucked up And it's, it's, they're only sleeping pills But I guess as a bit of a Christmas Gift to Tony who was gonna Send those over to his mother To help her kind of relax And cool down a little bit About the funeral We see Everyone pay their respects Junior's kind of like just stare at him Like Yeah fuck you buddy but the real kicker is when Tony goes up to pay his respects and says hey, he was my favorite uncle just like Jahe says. And they <coughs> they agree. He was a good man. And um the film ends with Tony saying his respects and also pinky swearing back with um Dickie, his uncle, just how they kind of did at the beginning because they said, hey, be a good kid. Pinky swear on it, And they do that together. And I'm going to give the director of this movie some fucking bonus points because this is right when I hear, yeah, the director was um, Alan Taylor. I'm going to give him, Loris Conner, David Chase, everyone that was in this movie, even Michael Gandolfini. I'm going to give them all fucking props. Especially the band Alabama 3. Also known as A3 in the US. For allowing them to merge the Detroit mix and the Chosen One mix of the, so- of the song Woke Up This Morning. Because that's how that movie ends. And I fucking... I'm going to say I applauded that movie when I heard that. I geeked. I geeked right the hell out. I'm like, yes! Yes! I I'm sorry for screaming in this podcast, but... Oh my God! Oh, mamma mia! Like it's just—I don't know how to describe that feeling of just that good feeling of hearing a song you loved as a kid and just hearing it back like that in a movie, nonetheless. Now, I've tried to recreate that intro many times in my head and how I would do it, and I just—I sometimes do it even when I'm in a car. I might even like recording anything. I just kind of do it in my head somehow. I just kind of, like, at a certain pace, we'll just kind of, like, do it in a smart way. If you, if you want to say smart, I don't know how to describe it, but I do it in that sense. Where I just kind of, like, look up at the tunnel lights. Because there are a few tunnels around Metro Vancouver. Not that many, but there's a few. There's, like, two that I can think of that would work for. It. But even then, it doesn't matter. I, just, I try to, but at the same time, I don't have a car. I couldn't really do it. And even if I tried to, I would probably get... Caught for fucking doing some illegal shit, I guess. But it doesn't matter. I just know the way they do that intro, just it works so perfectly. And I gotta say, this movie, I don't want to be biased. I want to be, but I'm not going to be biased. I'm going to give this movie a solid 8 out of 10. It, this movie was amazing to me. If I had to really, and I do mean really... Really, be biased. This movie would be a definite ten out of ten. I want to give this movie a nine. I want to say this is more than perfect, but I can't. This movie is is hovering between an eight and a nine, but it's because of how well done it's it's made to be, and it just everything that goes on. I've tried to be a little bit um, not spoiler heavy, but I've tried to not go into too much detail because I just I'm trying to remember everything. But I need to rewatch this again. I know I don't won't be able to for some time because of HBO Max. Thanks, guys, and everything else. But New Line, Cinema, and everyone else that's been part of this, that produced it and got it out. HBO and all that. I can't wait to see this movie. I can't wait to see if there will be a sequel to this. There might not be. Even if there isn't a sequel, I want to see another one that maybe could be about uh, Silvio's point of view or something like that. Just something where it could tie in a little bit more into the main series where it's right before the beginning of the series, maybe. This one's a couple odd years before, and I mean, I applaud how it's made, how well it's created. I love the universe that The Sopranos is in. I mean, a lot of it goes on, and it goes on very well. I mean, I'm very sad for some of the characters and how they... um are kind of seen at the end of the day, but even then, they they just... A lot of them just... I mean, Ari Buko is also in this. He's a very close friend and whatnot. Like... Who else is in this? I'm trying to think. Who else could be a very, um... I mean, pussy gets... Like, I'm trying to think. Where is Chris? I'm trying to remember. Christopher... Bottasani. Yeah. I mean, Christopher doesn't, uh... It's a lot. It's very long in this series. If I'm honest, you kind of like. What was it? Like Christopher, at the end of the day, his last episode was well. He crashed. More or less, just what happened was he just did not do well, and he, he died, if I'm honest, the same year he died, like, I mean, he died at the very end of the series, more or less, it was, like, one of the last things to, uh, deal with, and, um, honestly, it's just the fact that, um, This this movie I hate to I'm going on and on and on I'm rambling I'm sorry ladies and gentlemen but this movie was a solid it's it's hovering around an eight and a nine I don't do point I don't do point fives on this series from midnight movie professionals or anything else but it's hovering between an eight and a nine I'm I'm going to go with the the former side and give it an eight out of ten there hasn't been any movies this year that I've reviewed that have been a solid ten. Except, except if they're a classic or something, and I haven't been able to find that just yet in my life to really give a ten. There's been a few movies last year that I think I gave a ten, or at least a solid nine or a heavy nine. I can't recall, but I've been doing this series for quite a while, like for a couple of years now. And I know for a fact there's always a movie that I'll, I'll love and I wanna say it's a, it's a ten out of ten, but I don't wanna be biased. It's only if I've know I've watched this I've watched maybe again and like hundreds of times where I think this movie can't get any better. Well, I probably give it a ten. But uh, well, bada bing, eh? Bada bing, bada boom. You know what I mean? But this movie was good. I got a like if you are able to watch it in the United States or anywhere else that has HBO Max, go do it. Go watch it. If you're able to go see it in theaters, go watch it right now. It's out probably for a good little bit. It might not be in every theater around the world. But if you're a fan of The, of the Sopranos, you gotta go see it. Just when I thought I was out, man. Just when I thought it was out, they pulled me back in. Alright? Now, now, th- now I'm doing the thing again. Damn it. I'm doing the thing again. It's just, drives me nuts. trust me absolutely nuts, man. But whatever, this, this movie was great, I have to applaud it, I've given it enough applause, like just enough to just say thank you very much everyone that's been a part of that movie, thank you Michael for doing your best to be, your, like living up to your father's legacy in that sense, being a young Tony. And you know what, even if he didn't want you to be in the movies at all, I think you did him proud. He may be smiling with a big stogie and a big glass of shivas in his hand, or maybe some rolling rock beer in his hand. I don't know what he's got in his hand. All I know is that he's probably up there smiling. Now, until further, like, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, which will be next week, the next review will be No Time to Die, hopefully. And the next review after that will possibly be Dune, but I'm not pulling any punches here. I don't think it'll happen. But the next review will be next week. Um, What else? Cowboy Bebop is still going to be happening. I will be watching every episode from the 19th of November to when it happens. I will also be reviewing No Gallagher's High Flying Birds for the 10th anniversary this year. I will be doing that as well. But I will uh, leave you all with a little bit of... A little bit of mobster whips, like not even mob. I can't even do mob wisdom. No, 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 I'm not doing that. But all I gotta know, I, all I gotta say is that, um, you ever get a chance to do me one thing, don't stop.